1: Right, so we've been looking at attitudes for attitudes, and our text has been from Philippians chapter two, verse five. The Bible says we must have the same attitude that Christ Jesus had, and in verse number nine to eleven, we saw the attitude Christ had and the benefit that attitude brought him. The Bible said, therefore, God also had highly exalted him and given him a name that is above every name. That at the name Jesus, every knee bows, every tongue confesses that Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. That's where our theme for the teaching has come from. Attitude for altitudes. What we've been seeking to establish is the fact that if you must go far in life, if you must climb higher in life, you need to have the right attitude. God's will is for you to Come into the things He's prepared for you. The Bible says, We are His workmanship created in Christ Jesus unto good works. Some modern translation says that We are His workmanship in Christ. That God prepared us for works He has prepared for us in Him. So there are things God has prepared for us to do in this life. And when you step into God's perfect plan and program for your life, with the right attitude, of course, you begin to enjoy a life of success a life of all-round excellence. So we've been looking at attitudes for altitudes. And the foundational attitude we started looking at is attitude towards God. Attitude towards God. Our text came from Ecclesiastes chapter 12, verse 13 to 14. Now all has been heard. Here is the conclusion of the matter. Fear God and keep His commandment. For this is the duty of all mankind. For God will bring every deed into judgment, including every hidden thing whether good or evil. So we establish the fact that our attitude towards God is important because the foundational attitude in life, if you must succeed and become all that God will help you become in this life, if you must live a life of all-round excellence, a life of significance, it begins with a positive attitude towards God. The past two weeks, I started exploring with you seven important reasons why. We need to develop the right attitude towards God. Why must we develop the right attitude towards God? We've done about five of them. We are going to continue today and then possibly round up on attitude towards God today. All right. So we said there are seven reasons why you need to develop the right attitude towards God. Number one, we said you need to have the right attitude towards God because he made you. That's very important. You can type in the comment box, he made you. All of these things are to just help you remember and to help you appreciate the teaching one after the other. So number one, we said God made you. Number two, we said God loves you. He did not just make you. He made you as an object of his love. God loves you more than you can ever imagine. He loves you with an incomprehensible love. He loves you like nobody else. And then we said attitude towards God forms the basis for all attitudes in life. If you are going to have a positive attitude in life, it begins with an attitude towards God. The foundational attitude in life is attitude towards God. The Bible says if the foundations are destroyed, the righteous can do nothing. So the best attitude in life, the foundation for it is attitude towards God. And number four, we said that. Attitude towards God is a foundation for success in life. If you are going to succeed in life, you need to develop the right attitude towards God. And particularly if you are going to experience good success. Success is different from good success. Good success is God-ordained success. Good success is success that brings you fulfillment. Success that is enduring success. That makes you a blessing more than a burden in life. That is the kind of success God has earmarked for us. The Bible says in Joshua 1.8, it said, This book of the law must not depart from our eyes, but we must meditate upon it day and night, that we may observe to do according to all that is written therein, for then we will have good success. So good success is success, access in God's way. Good success is success obtained as you pursue God's will and plan for your life. So, number one, we said we need to develop the right attitude towards God because one, God made you. Number two, God loves you. Number three, attitude towards God forms the basis for all other attitudes in life. Number four, attitude towards God is the foundation for good success. Number five, we touch on the fact that your attitude towards God will determine your prosperity, longevity, and fulfillment in life. If you are going to live a long life, a fulfilling life, an impactful life, a prosperous life, then you must, of necessity, have a positive attitude towards God. Without a positive attitude towards God, you may succeed, you may prosper, but the joy, the fulfillment that comes with prosperity and success in life, it may elude you. Why? Because that is a gift from God, as we saw in Ecclesiastes chapter five, verse nineteen. And then we want to continue today and possibly finish attitude towards God. Why must we develop the right attitude towards God? Number six: negative attitude towards God will never go unpunished in this life and the life hereafter. You have to appreciate the fact that if your attitude towards God is negative. Negative attitude towards God will always be punished in this life or the life hereafter. You have to have a positive attitude towards God so you can be richly rewarded. When you decide that you are going to develop a negative attitude towards God, you have to also understand that that attitude will come with the consequential punishment that God has here marked for it. Look at 2 Thessalonians chapter 1 verse 7 to 10 with me. And to you who are troubled rest with us. When the Lord Jesus shall be revealed from heaven with his mighty angels, in flaming fire, taking vengeance, take note, taking vengeance on them that do not know God and that obey not the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. Two things are critical. Those who refuse to acknowledge God, those who refuse to know God, because like I told you a couple of weeks back, that God's presence and his existence is evident Creation tells us God exists. Our own culture tells us God exists. Our conscience gives us a awareness that God exists. And so the Bible says, when Christ returns, he's going to take vengeance on the people who do not know God. May I ask you this morning, do you know God? Apostle Paul had a greatest obsession in his life, that I may know you and the power of his resurrection. When he was getting to the end of his life, his greatest passion and obsession was to know God and know him more. The Bible said the people that do know their God, they shall be strong and do exploits. May I ask you again, do you know God? Have you obeyed the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ? How do you get to know God? By responding to the gospel of Christ. By responding to God's love, which was manifest towards humanity through Christ. The Bible said God commended his love toward us. that while we were yes sinners, Christ died for us. So we get to know God, number one, when we respond to God's love, which was manifested to all of humanity through Christ and to you specifically when you take a decision to respond to God's love. The Bible said, for God so loved the way that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish. So the Bible said a day is coming God has set that day aside and is going to take vengeance on the people who do not know God and the people who have not responded to the gospel of Christ. Verse 9, who shall punish with everlasting punishment from the presence of the Lord and from the glory of his power? When he shall come to be glorified in his saints and to be admired in all them that believe. Wow. So while he's executing punishment on one category of people, the Bible said he's going to be glorified in the saints. Wow, 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 wow. So when he comes the second time, he's going to be glorified in his saints. He's going to reward the saints. But while rewarding the saints, he'll also be executing the punishment on the ungodly. He'll be executing punishment on the people who knew God but refused to acknowledge his lordship and his leadership in their life. In the book of Romans chapter 1 verse 18, it says, For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who by their unrighteousness suppress the truth. So when we refuse to acknowledge God's place in our lives, when we refuse to serve God, respond to his love through Christ, we have to understand that in the end, God is going to punish those who refuse, who make that decision not to respond to God's love. In Christ, so I'm saying that negative attitude towards God will never go unpunished in this life and the life hereafter. And by the way, if you cast your mind back into the Old Testament, you see people who demonstrated a negative toward, attitude towards God and how God severely punished them. The book was one. I read his account to you in our earlier teaching: how he took a stand against God. God promoted him, God gave him power, God established him, and all of a sudden, he felt that everything he had accomplished was something he had accomplished by himself. And the Bible said, God came down and he punished him severely to the extent that he reduced him to the status of an animal. That was Nebuchadnezzar. You remember how God spoke beautiful things concerning Saul. But when Saul decided to rebel against God, the Bible said God spoke clearly to Saul in the book of 1 Samuel 13, verse 13 to 14. The Bible said, and Samuel said to Saul, you have done foolishly. When you develop a negative attitude towards God, a foolish disposition towards God, the Bible says, a God will come down and punish. Look at it. You have not kept the commandment of the Lord your God, which he commanded you for from now, on, the Lord would have established your kingdom over Israel forever. But now, your kingdom shall not continue. What has God started that is under the threat of failure, that is under the threat of coming to an end because your attitude towards God is negative. The Bible says God has spoken that your kingdom was going to be established, but when his attitude towards God became negative, the Bible says God spoke again He said, I said I was going to lift you. I said I was going to promote you. But now I've changed my mind. Your kingdom shall no longer continue. You remember the story of the rich fool. He felt everything was in shape. When he developed a negative attitude towards God, what was his end? God punished him. Again, Herod. We see Herod, negative attitude towards God. An attitude of pride. An attitude of arrogance. God punished that attitude. Number seven, your attitude towards God will determine your ultimate destination and reward when your life on earth is over. You have to understand that life on earth has an expiry date. None of us is designed to live on earth forever. And when we exit this tabernacle, when we exit this body, we have to understand that there is judgment awaiting for us on the other side. And how you will fare in that judgment is dependent and predicated on your attitude towards God. Man is an eternal being having a temporary earthly experience. That is important for you to always remind yourself. You are an eternal being and you are having an earthly experience. And what you do in this, your temporal life, will influence where you stand in eternity and the kind of reward you will receive in eternity. Let me close by drawing your attention to four pillars that I believe are critical. If you are going to develop a positive attitude towards God, four pillars upon which a positive attitude towards God can be built. Number one, if you are going to build a positive attitude towards God, first of all, you must acknowledge his place in your life. That's key. Acknowledge God's place in your life. You can never develop a positive attitude towards God unless you first of all acknowledge his place in your life. You have to acknowledge that there's a God vacuum in you. There's a God vacuum in every human being that has been created, no matter how hard you try. Some people try to fill it with entertainment. Others try to fill it up with alcohol, smoking, all kinds of things. Others try to fill it up with sex. But no matter how hard you try, take it from me today, that there is no way you can fill that vacuum. It's only God that can fill that vacuum. And until God fills up that vacuum in your life, there is no way you can experience a fulfilling life, a meaningful existence on the planet. No, it cannot happen. The Bible said, The fool has said in his heart, There is no God. You have to acknowledge God's place in your life. I said, Denunciation of God's existence is the greatest expression of foolishness. To attempt that God does not exist or to postulate that God does not exist makes you a foolish person. I didn't say that. Scripture said that. You remember the story of the rich fool in the book of Luke chapter 12, verse 16 to 21. Then he spoke a parable to them saying, The ground of a certain rich man yielded plentifully. And he said, he thought within himself saying, What shall I do in a short verse? I think it's about... Verse 16 to 21 is like five verses. Within the five verses, the word I appeared six times. His life was not God-centered. It was self-centered. He had not acknowledged God's place in his life. That's what the Bible says in Psalm 53, verse 1. The fool says in his heart there is no God. I believe that's why Jesus referred to him as a rich fool. Because he lived his life as if God did not exist. How are you living your life? You have to acknowledge God's place in your life. If you are going to have a positive attitude towards God, you have to first and foremost acknowledge God's place in your life. Number two, don't just acknowledge his place, but you must make him a priority in your life. Number one, acknowledge, that's the first P. Acknowledge his place in your life. Number two, make him the priority of your life. Make God a priority in your life. The Bible says in Genesis 1:1: in the beginning, God created the heavens. Everything begins with God and everything ends with God. In the book of Deuteronomy chapter 20 verse 1 to 3, he said, God spoke all these were saying, I am the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery. You shall have no other gods before me. God taught the children of Israel they need to give him the first or place in their lives. God wants the foremost place in your life. He doesn't want money to fill it up. He doesn't want your wife to fill it up. He doesn't want your children to fill it up. He doesn't want your job to fill it up. That is a place he alone must fill. And let me tell you, when God is given his proper place in your life, every other thing takes a proper shape in your life. But when God is not given the central role or the priority place in your life, nothing ever works. You begin to have marital problems. You begin to have problems with your job. All kinds of things begin to happen. Why? Because he's supposed to be in the center. I like Colossians chapter 1 verse 15 to 18. He is before all things and by him all things consist. Look at this. He's the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. For by him all things were created in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers and all authorities. All things were created through him and for him. And look at this. He is before all things. I like that. He is before all things. May I ask you this morning, does Christ come before your job? Does he come before your marriage? Does he come before your children? He is before all things. If anything comes before him, that is misplaced priority. He is before all things. And the Bible says, in him all things hold together. I like that. In him all things hold together. When he gets first place, then everything can hold together in him. But when he's not given the foremost place in your life, there's no way everything can hold together in your life. Daniel knew this and he gave God the first place in his life. You remember at a certain time in Daniel's life, there was a conflict between his jaw And God, but Daniel chose to put God above his job. And you remember how God miraculously delivered him when he was sentenced into the lion's inn. When you give God first place, you can be sure that in the toughest of times, in the most difficult of conditions you will come through, give him first place in your finances. Give him first place in your finances. Give him first place in your relationships. Give him first place. Let God take foremost place in your life and you will never regret it. The Bible says, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all other things shall be added. When God is giving first place in our lives, every good thing is added unto us. Number three, number three, follow his purpose for your life. If you are going to develop a positive attitude towards God, number one, I said, acknowledge his place in your life. Number two, make him the priority of your life. Number three, follow his purpose for your life. You must follow God's purpose for your life. When his will in heaven becomes your will on earth, the Bible says, let thy, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. When God's will takes place in your life as it is in heaven, then you know you are working in sync with God's divine purpose and program for your life. You remember the man, Paul? Paul lived his life pursuing other things, pursuing things that were of great importance to him. All along he was living. He felt he was on course, but not until he met Christ. I like it, when the Bible says in the book of Acts chapter 9, verse One all the way to six. When Paul encountered Christ, the first question he asked, he said, who are thou? And he said, I am the Christ. Then the next question, which must be the most important question all of us must seek to answer. He said, what must I do? What must I do? After we have gotten to know Christ, we need to find out from Christ, what must we do? And one of the things he expects all of us to do is become agents of reconciliation. To become ministers of reconciliation. That is God's primary purpose for every child of His. Once you get born again, you you become a new creature and he gives you the ministry of reconciliation. How are you failing on that ministry? How well are you doing in this ministry? Follow God's purpose for your life because ultimately that is the only thing that will last. And that is the only thing that will guarantee you returns in eternity. When you live for yourself, you live for yourself and you get the returns for yourself. But when you live for God, you can be sure that when life on earth is over, you are going to get God's best for your life. Let me close with this. If you are going to have a positive attitude towards God, number one, acknowledge this place. Number two, make him a priority in your life. Number three, follow his purpose for your life. And number four, depend on his power daily in all you do. Depend on his power daily in all you do. If you are going to have a positive attitude towards God, you have to learn to depend on God's power every day in all you do. The Bible says in the book of John chapter 15 verse 5, he said, I am the vine, of the branches. Without me you can do nothing. Psalm 127, verse 1 to 3. He said, Except the Lord build the house the labor in vain that build it. Accept the Lord, keep watch over the city. The watchmen wake, but in vain. It is vain to rise up early and to sit up late and to eat the bread of sorrows. For so he giveth his beloved sleep. Key. You have to depend on God, learn to depend on God's power. Most people who have a negative attitude towards God, they think they are self-made, they think they made themselves, they think that everything they have, it is by their own making. The Bible said, trust in the Lord with all thy heart. And lean not on your own understanding. Proverbs chapter 3. In all your ways, acknowledge him. In all your ways, depend on his power. When Daniel made a quality choice to depend on God's power, he became a super success. The Bible said an excellent spirit was found in him. Why? Because he depended. He built an excellent relationship with God. When they were looking for a fault against Daniel, the Bible said they couldn't find against him on his job. But they chose They knew that when it comes to Daniel's relationship with God, there was no way Daniel was going to give it up. He was so committed to God. He was so connected to divine power that nobody, he was not ready to allow himself to be unplugged. How is your commitment to God? How is your dedication to God? How is your dependency on God? The Bible says, I think in the book of Psalm, he said, the wicked in the proud of his countenance seeketh not after God. God is not in all his thoughts. How are you living your life? Is God in your thoughts? Do you make time to seek his face? That was Daniel. He depended on God's power daily. And so when he found himself in the lion's den, the power of God came through for him. May the power of God come through for you. In these times, I don't know where you find yourself, but if you have learned to depend on God's power, you can be sure that no matter how tough things get, He will come through for you. How do you depend on God's power? By building a consistent relationship with God. Daniel built, established a habit of daily seeking God's face. Why? Because he knew that his power came from him. His strength came from him. His understanding came from him. Every time Daniel was in a tough place, he knew that the only person who could ultimately deliver him and bring him out was God. He never joked with his relationship with God. When our attitude towards God is right, right. One, we will acknowledge God's place in our lives. When that is done, we will see that we develop a positive attitude towards God. Number two, we will make him the priority of our lives. If you are able to build your life around these four pillars, I guarantee you, your attitude towards God will always be right. Number one, acknowledging his place in your life. Number two, making him the priority of your life. Number three, pursuing his purpose for your life. And number four, uh, depending on his power daily. I trust that you've been blessed. Next week, we'll begin to proceed and look at other important attitudes, having spent some time laying a foundation on attitude towards God. And if, maybe per adventure, your attitude towards God is that of rebellion, is that of running away from God. I want you to return to him. He loves you so much. He gave his priceless son to die for you because he loves you and he wants to have a richer relationship with you. Don't be like the rich fool. Take steps today to develop a richer and a better and meaningful relationship with God. And I promise you, never regret it. God richly bless you for making time to be part of our broadcast today. And I look forward to having you join me same time next week as we begin to explore other important attitudes that are critical for a meaningful life on earth. If you want to accept Jesus and make him your Lord and Savior, you want to say this prayer after me. Mean every word and then believe it in your heart. Say, Lord Jesus, I confess that you are my Lord and my Savior. I believe with my heart that you died and rose again for me. By my belief, I am justified. And by my confession, I am saved. Thank you for saving me in Jesus' precious name. Amen and amen. If you pray that prayer in faith, you are a new creation, all things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. God bless you. We look forward to having you join us again and again. We are blessed.
0: Fellowship with us this and every Sunday for our service at our headquarter church from 8.30 a.m. to 11 a.m. for our good news service and on Wednesdays for our discovery service from 6pm to 8pm. Our church auditorium is located on the top floor of Nanama Ejakumar Plaza, opposite the Unity Oil Station, St. Kumasi, Ghana. Alternatively, you can join us online for our services on Embassy of Life Chapel, Facebook, or YouTube pages. God richly bless you. <laughs>